Hey Zamers, and welcome back for another episode of the G3 Podcast here on episode 73. Eh, you know, a little off our timeline. We're recording it on uh, Sunday, what is today? The 22nd of January. Uh, you got yours truly, none other than the infamous known as Ice and All Things Gaming and Social Media. And rounding out our dynamic duo today, you've got none other than... Mr. Mow Them Down Matt, what is going on, brother? Not too much, buddy. Uh, greetings, nation. Uh, yeah, I don't really have much. It's lazy day, Sunday, so uh, nothing special. Just get on, get on in with it. How you, how you doing? Or, uh, and, and I'll tell you what, we, we are getting in on it. As, as the G3 Gaming Nation can hopefully see, we do have a new setup now. It's, you know... We're, we're, we're dipping our toes in the water. We're trying to see how it works out. This is going to be a pre-recorded show. But as you can see, we've got our new layout here. Uh, we got our lovely little G3 uh, banner in the bottom left. We got our icon all the way on the bottom right. And if you look right, right over here in the center, you can see all of our partners. So feel free uh, to go ahead and check us out on any of your favorite listening platforms. We do also have the Discord community. Uh, we are uh, we have a presence uh, insofar as Facebook Gaming, Twitch, and YouTube, and then hopefully as we go ahead and, and dive a little bit more into this new format and try to get things super snazzy for y'all, uh, we'll be able to go ahead and eventually, eventually start hosting some live shows. So uh, do us the favor, if you would, go ahead and follow on any of those listening platforms that you do listen to, like, subscribe, share with a friend, do all that you know SEO, social media type stuff. Uh, and help us see that you guys actually give a crap and like that we're trying to make these advancements because we do want to go ahead and improve the show and get better for you, the listeners uh, and viewers. So uh, that being said, we're going to get right into it. This week was kind of, a, I don't know, I, I would dare say it was a hit and miss insofar as uh, expectation wise for um, the news there was there's not that much, but we'll go ahead and we'll kind of talk about some of that and then we'll get with the stuff that we've been doing. So uh, first and foremost, a great article out of gamesindustry.biz. Uh, some former Playground Games executives uh, have gone ahead and split off. And so if you remember, Playground is notorious uh, for going ahead and doing the Horizon uh, Forza series under Xbox, uh, now exclusively under Xbox. Um, but... Uh, a couple of those execs have split off and basically started their own gaming studio. And they're already coining it a AAA gaming studio, even though they've yet to produce any actual games. Um, but a lot of, a lot of big names uh, have gone into that one. Um, a very well-written article. Um, it, there's only so much I can say about it. Basically, a lot of, a lot of the lead people... Uh, have gone ahead and started up what they're calling Maverick Games. And so one of those executives being Mike Brown, who was just the creative director over uh, Forza Horizon, and, and namely Forza Horizon 5, he's gone over there. Uh, you got Tom Butcher, who was the chief technical officer, uh, or excuse me, uh, Tom Butcher was executive producer, uh, Matt Graven was the CTO, uh, Gareth Hardwood was content director, and there's a bunch of other names in there, but they, they basically took some of these heads uh, of Playground and are starting up Maverick Games, which is supposed to be independent AAA. So um, I, I didn't know what to make of this one at first. I was like, ooh, this sounds like it could be 
bad news for um, Playground and, and, you know, the Horizon team going forward. But at the same token, we want people to branch out. We want people to uh, express their creative vision and make some new games. How did, uh, how did this news strike you, if at all, Matt? I mean, I'll, I'll be curious to see, you know, what they're able to produce and what kind of content they've got in store for everybody. I mean, the, the AAA thing, you know, that, since you kind of poo-pooing that or whatever, but uh, realistically, it's just reference to the kind of uh, experience, you know, and content they're trying to produce and the budgeting and, you know, funds that are required for the same. They've got investors. Their, you know, intention is to produce something of the AAA caliber or whatever. Beyond that, uh, I did think it was a pretty interesting story. You'll probably be hitting on this, uh, alluding to this a few different times throughout this episode, I guess. But uh, there's all the commotion about, you know, Microsoft scooping everybody up. And, well, why, you know, would you not want to take part of that and whatever? Because, you know, it's it's safety, security, whatever. And then uh, I'll save the next one for the next time we get to the topic. But, uh, but you know, now all these guys from Playground excuse me, Playground Games, uh, who were under that banner, or, uh, you know, bailing to go do an independent thing, uh, where, you know, specifically they reference, you know, it'd be nice to be able to work on, you know, their vision without uh, having larger, you know, overreaching interests kind of conflicting with that and everything, so. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Did you, did you? No, no, I was, yeah. Nope, nope, I'll let you respond, but. Yeah, I mean, not really a response. Like, so insofar as the AAA thing, right? Yeah, that's a bad moniker uh, because how do you actually gauge what's AAA before yeah, something's really more even out? Yeah, it really just comes down to the budget no that people are willing standard. to throw at the game, right? Right. Yeah. Um, I, I would argue when stuff comes out and it reviews and it's got the player feedback as well as critical feedback, sure, then stuff can can remain kind of squarely in AAA territory by way of its praise. But at the same token, yeah, it's like short of just the money that you're throwing at it. And then I would be very cautious in that because we have another example that we didn't have in the show here just because we didn't really, I didn't personally want to go ahead and throw dirt on it. Um, but then you have stuff like um, the uh, Skull and Bones uh, title by Ubisoft that's gotten delayed yet again. And so how many oodles and oodles of millions of dollars has been thrown into that title and, you know, seemingly AAA thing hasn't even seen the light of day yet and it i i'm honestly starting to get a little pessimistic that it will ever see the light of day but uh nevertheless yeah i don't know um th there's a lot of myriad of factors here right whether or not the team was um fully invested or disinvested um in what microsoft was trying to do with its vision going forward with playground um I, I, and I want to push back a little because I don't think it was so much as, oh, we don't like uh, big corporate Microsoft scooping us up because firstly, how, uh, dude, I don't even know how to say how I feel about this one because at the same token, like on the one hand, these execs would be like, oh, well, we don't want to work on Horizon anymore. Like that's, that's not really our cup of tea. We've done it for years, uh, decades, in fact. So we want to do something else. Okay. There's this little title called Fable that supposedly is right around the corner that playground's working on so it's like what what was going on there interestingly like, enough you, well and that that would be the part that would really be interesting to me is whether or not those guys were also involved you know with with 
said other project than if it was actually maybe more that where they're like, you know, yeah, they want us to, you know, use this engine that's not really made for this and blah, blah, whatever, whatever else. I'd be curious to see if there's more to the story with that. But uh, but yeah, it could be could be the involvement in that game that is pushing them elsewhere. Who knows? Uh, yeah, regardless, just sort of an interesting thing to see. Yeah, I think... but good luck to them. I'd be curious to see, you know, I guess whatever teaser stuff they've got to show in a few years or however long that's going to take to even reach that stage of development. But uh, yeah, all good luck, all the best. So, yeah, yeah I think the funny <laughs> thing is too, like, so we've had talks about it on the show, and a lot of people seem to have that ideology that, like, oh, Big Bad Microsoft is going to scoop up everything, like every studio, and nothing's going to be left out there. But like, clearly, you have an example right here where people have gone ahead, they've, they've cut their teeth, they've earned their stripes, if you will, um, through the game industry with one studio. And just because that studio gets acquired by Microsoft doesn't necessarily mean that it's the end of the road. These guys are going ahead and branching off to form a new studio. Here we go. It's the circle of life, Sim. But it doesn't mean that just because Microsoft is going ahead and scooping up some publishers or what have you that you know there's not going to be anybody else out there on the playing field to to bring about new and creative ideas but anyways um nevertheless lots of kudos out there to gamesindustry.biz that was a very well-written article we probably butchered it by by you know paraphrasing as much as we did um they understand uh they being the execs that that are forming um maverick games understands the challenge that's ahead of them um and hopefully we'll get to see you know something that they go ahead and develop and and we all look forward to it uh, when we're talking about development and uh, recognizing developers going forward, uh, the 26th annual Dice Award finalists have been announced. So we've talked about the Dice Awards here on the show before. Basically, it is uh, industry uh, being devs, creatives that, you know, game recognize game, right? Um, so these are the people that actually work in the industry where uh, you got stuff like the Game Awards that we just went through back in early December is more media and fan base and everybody is kind of kind of casting their vote insofar as like what they liked and didn't like or what they thought was game of the year contenders etc um, whereas dice award has that extra level of um, critique and accolade because it is the actual people who do very similar things and they're giving you credit for your craftsmanship so um, there's a lot of different awards, um, including uh, Outstanding Achievement in uh, Animation, Art Direction, Character, uh, Original Music Composition, Audio Design, Story, Technical Achievement, and uh, Action Game of the Year, Adventure Game of the Year, the list goes on. We kind of talked about uh, there will be another award show um, that I honestly hadn't heard of before. Um that we'll talk about after this segment. Um, but there's a ton, a ton, a ton of uh, different titles and categories here. So rather than go ahead and do kind of what we did, and we'll, we'll, we'll get smarter on the way that we talk about our Game of the Year picks uh, going forward. But um, rather than go ahead and just say, hey, here's my pick for this, here's my pick for this, um, if we were to narrow it down to at least, let's just say, the one that everyone always recognizes, right, Game of the Year, um, for the DICE Awards, the Game of the Year nominees were Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Vampire Survivors. And, and I believe that these were very similar to the list of nominees for, from the actual Game of the Year 
um, you know, Jeff Keighley's uh, Game of the Year that we just talked about where it's uh, media and critics that, that kind of go ahead and get in on it. Uh, Vampire Survivors, inter- interesting little, little uh, additive there for this list. But Matt, with the Dice Awards in general, uh, what are we thinking? Do you concur that this is probably an even higher achievement? And then of those Game of the Year nominees, what, which one do you think is going to go home with the big win? Uh, I, I don't know, agree and disagree on the whether it's more legitimate or a, a better recognition. Um, I, I, I would say yes for reasons, but also no for reasons. I mean, I think the, you know, media and fan awards, you know, that, that's certainly also being lauded by, you know, your audience rather than maybe, you know, your your colleagues in industry or whatever. So, I mean... Yeah, you know, the the artist recognizing the other artist or whatever may mean more to you in a sense of, you know, hey, this person's like, hey, yeah, that's, that's pretty good, man, you know, but at the same time, all the people that you're actually making the content for, you know, being happy with and acknowledging that and recognizing you for the same. Both are good. Both are valid. No, no. Uh, beyond that. Yeah, interesting to see Vampire Survivors in there. I mean, I've I've been having fun with it. It's definitely a fun experience, but uh, next to the other examples in the list, it's like, you know, if that would somehow pull it off or whatever, that would be maybe a little outrageous. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll cast my vote for Elden Ring. I'm gonna, you know, hold on that. It's, uh, I don't know, I can see that going for either that or... Uh, God of War. I, I don't know about Stray or Horizon making it in there. Um, Stray actually did better than I thought it would at uh, the Game Awards. Whatever. So we'll we'll see. But uh, yeah, Elden Ring. Yeah, I, I would I would tend to agree. Um, I think Stray. I haven't played it yet. That 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 got added to the backlog. But I would argue I, I think people's love of cats may have maybe. Cla- potentially cloud well, a little bit of the vision and yeah i mean there's i don't know it, it, from all accounts it is a solid experience i mean it's not going to blow you away from a mechanical perspective or anything but it's uh yeah it's supposed to be a you know a nice novel experience and whatever and the story's supposed to be i guess decent enough or whatever so it's uh it's certainly an impressive first outing or whatever i think it was like the first development for that team or whatever so pretty good you know but yeah the cat thing is definitely gonna gonna help you know up it i guess with cat people but uh i don't know i guess how what the correlation there is between <laughs> all the video game people that played it and the cat people uh so yeah i don't know uh yeah elden ring for me <laughs> yeah i would i would tend to agree i almost it, it's a toughie for me again not ha- not having played either any shoot any yeah. of these yet right um i would almost i would definitely say it's going to be a toss-up between god of war is going to be the tough contender yeah I yeah mean. <laughs> like not not speaking disparagingly of the other contenders like dude i've heard so much about vampire survivors um and being such a such an addictive title yeah um and that i think was a little frustrating because in my mind i feel like it should have 100 percent been uh something that was in contention for 
the game of the year conversation where I don't remember if it missed the cutoff or whatever that like it wasn't talked about at all yet everyone was talking about it. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Stray got yeah, a I was lot surprised of, it wasn't on indie thing or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Stray got a lot of acknowledgement out the gate. Um, like you said, being uh, a new a new title by a new studio. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West. I've heard mixed stuff about it, but yeah, hands down, I think it's going to be between Elden Ring and God of War Ragnarok. I almost... Yeah, I think Horizon just got unlucky for their, you know, release year or whatever when they were stacked up well, against the it, other two. Yeah, when it came out, well, yeah. it came out, what, about the same time as Elden Ring, right? Yeah. So, yep. um, I almost, maybe this is a wild card, I almost think that uh, Elden Ring won the, the game of the year uh, insofar as Jeff Keighley's like, what do we even call that? The, Because, the, yeah, you say the Game Awards, and it's like, well, which one, right? Um, but Jeff Keighley's Game Awards, Elden Ring took took gold, but I have a sneaking suspicion that God of War Ragnarok is going to take it for this one. I could be wrong, but... I, I mean, you... Yeah, I, it's a toss-up for me. I, I My vote is for Elden Ring, I should say. Yeah. But yeah, as far as am I confident it'll win... Yeah, not as confident. <laughs> yeah. Um, so all good things. Um, a lot of good, uh, a lot of good nominations in there. Uh, the Dice Awards. Uh, da, 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 da. When do we say those are coming? Those are going to be here in Las Vegas, um, February twenty third, Thursday, February twenty third at Resorts World, and it's going to be uh, hosted by uh, none other than Greg Miller, who's been around, been around Leo. the block. Yeah, I'd be. <laughs> That's way above my league right now. <laughs> um, but uh, Greg Miller uh, of IGN History, as well as he's now on the Kind of Funny. He's like the lead dude over at uh, Kind of Funny Games. And then uh, Stella Chung, who is uh, currently IGN uh, reporter, newscaster. I'm not sure what her official, official title is there, but I've seen her quite a few times on uh, everything from uh, Podcast Unlocked, and she does a couple features over there. So... Good for them. Uh, really awesome to see a little more representation in, in the uh, the hosts as well. Uh, and yeah, February twenty third. Looking forward to seeing who takes uh, who takes gold on that one. Uh, another uh, award ceremony or award uh, nominations that have come out is, and this is the one that I had no clue that this thing actually existed. So I feel kind of like. Uh, it's the National Academy of Video Game Trade Reviewers. So, NavGTR, NavGitter, I, I don't know how you would, you know, try to try to roll that off the tongue. But the Nav Navigator. The Navigator. Yeah, there you go, Navigator. Uh, so, that's fantastic. We're going to use that from now on. Thank you, Mr. Mugham Down. Uh, so, the National Academy of Video Game Trade Reviewers. So, basically, this is specifically... Um, everyone who it's a it's a nonprofit media organization, but everybody who is involved with this nonprofit, which just about all of them, uh, I think without any exception, are folks that are actually in reviewing games. Uh, that is kind of their their bread and butter and their niche. Um, they have this union, and they've gone ahead and announced their uh, which number is this? Ba -ba 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 -ba. Oh, I just had it. I had it a second ago. They've done this for a couple times now. Uh, but basically, they've got their uh, nominations for all their different categories. Um, and it looks like it's also going to be a pretty stacked list. So they cover categories ranging from 
let's see. Outstanding animation and artistic, animation technical, uh, art direction contemporary, art direction fantasy, art direction period influence, camera direction in the game engine, character design. The list goes on and on and on. I think we said there's how many categories total? Um, 57 competitive categories. So there's 57 categories here. There's something like... Uh, several dozen that we just uh, were talking about in the dice awards so a lot of a lot of award stuff coming up and uh so again kind of narrow it down the game of the year nominee is for this one for the navigator thank you matt uh <laughs> is going to be a plague tale requiem cursed to golf elden ring endling extinction is forever god of war ragnarok stray and two point campus so a lot of, lot, of, lot of good diversity going on there. Um, so this one actually uh, is going to get announced ahead of the Dice Awards. Dice Awards are, we just said, late February. This is coming middle of February on February 14th. Um, what are we thinking there? The list looks pretty similar. We got a couple extra contenders. Uh, again, we are, are not in the consideration right now as you know some of these trade reviewers uh, yet. However, <laughs> the future has yet to be told. But uh, what, do, what are we thinking for this list, Matt? Are there any, uh, any special ones that, that sway you away from Elden Ring yet again? Or are you sticking with it? Uh, damn. Sorry. Uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm still just going to carry the vote all the way through. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. That one, I actually think, maybe, yeah, I'm more confident on the Elden Ring. Regardless, <laughs> yeah, I would I would argue I've seen you know just trying to think of GameSpot, uh, Eurogamer, IGN, like all all the different sources that they go ahead and they have you know they're more of the traditional media outlets that do the review. Uh, I can definitely say confidently that I've seen them uh, identify Elden Ring as kind of the darling. Um, God of War Ragnarok kind of right behind that. I heard a lot of people talk good about Stray. Um, so this, this one's almost more of a toss-up to me. Um, not sure who would take this one. I would still probably side... I, I would side with God of War Ragnarok for the Dice Awards, but I think Elden Ring would go <laughs> ahead and get this one. Um, but uh, what, do I, what do I know, right? Um, so this one is going to get uh, added to our calendar <laughs> that we will go ahead and check out uh, who wins uh, coming up here again February 14th and we'll make sure to continually check on the navigator uh, going forward in the future uh, moving right out of curiosity oh, yeah is that, is that a keystone sitting on your on your shelf in the back there no I'm, I'm that is not. <laughs> I know no that's a it's hard to tell <laughs> right there but that's a uh, I got one of those Xbox Paladone lights, and then behind it, you can barely see it is a little Xbox achievement light, uh, also made by Paladone. Uh, you can't no, see. Like, you can't see that on the shelves or something. It looked like it, it. It looks like it's a 360 or something. Oh no, that doing. is the OG Xbox, brother man. See, you're not you're not used to uh, seeing no, my no, room below in the light, that. I, I recognize the OG Xbox. What's below that? The white box. Below the OG, that's the that guy. Yeah, that's the 360 arcade. Yeah, see, that's what I said. It looks like a 360. <laughs> well, you said Keystone. I was like, are you talking about the stream box? I don't have that. Nah, well, yeah, that. I know. That was the, I was just 
Oh, okay. Just make a joke. I was just messing with you. No, that is the Xbox rack. And unfortunately, (laughs) I got to maybe think about repositioning. But on the back there, you got the PlayStation rack. So you got PlayStation Lite. Uh, That one is the the PS3 Slim. I've got the PS4 Pro down there beneath that. And then below that's like other separate stuff that won't be shown. No, Um, nothing, nothing super crazy, super special. It's a Vita. Um, the uh, the after dark PlayStation equipment. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, uh, <laughs> we don't talk about that. Um, anywho, speaking of PlayStation, uh, they've got a new update. Great segue, Matt. The great a new update that's going to be coming up here. Uh, expected to be in early March. So PS Five is finally. If y'all remember, we previously talked about it on the show where it's like PlayStation's getting Discord, kinda. Right, so it was basically like you could see on Discord if you could link your account and see if somebody was actually playing, um, playing a PlayStation game, you know, and logged into Discord at the same time or what have you. Well, now that is finally going to play catch up. So uh, expected to be coming out uh, early March, March eighth, as reported here by uh, Insider Gaming, and we're getting the actual article uh, sourced by Gamespot. Um, it's going to include everything from full uh, Discord integration and the ability to stream, reportedly stream, PS5 games from the cloud. So uh, this one is kind of interesting to me because the full Discord support, like 100%, that's needed to be there, um, especially like nowadays that y'all have doomed me, doomed me um, to go play uh, Horizon Zero Dawn uh, the backlog, backlog beatdown challenge, which if you guys it seems like you're really having a rough time and not yeah, enjoying it's, it's terrible, that, so. terrible, yeah. uh, <laughs> terrible. Um, but yeah, if you guys uh, want check check the last episode where we went ahead and we conducted our first ever backlog beatdown challenge, uh, and you got to hear what everybody is is playing. Which I hope to hear more of that towards the end of the episode here, Mister Mow Them Down. Um, I did. Nevertheless, <laughs> Discord. We've needed it on the PlayStation side for quite some time. We're finally going to get that. Uh, there's going to be some updated firmware for the new, uh, new DualSense Edge controller, um, which should be coming out later this month. Um, yeah, January 26th, I believe. Um, no doubt they're going to, if this uh, you know update is coming in March, no doubt they're also going to have some type of firmware software update for the PSVR 2 so that there's better integration with the uh, PS5. And the, the one that really just throws me off is, again, this rumor of being able to stream PS5 games from the cloud. So I think that would be a fantastic um, a fantastic perk if you could do that. Again, I got to point out the competitor. If you could do that like they do with Xbox, where you can stream you know cloud games to your PC, uh, or... If PlayStation had a trick up their sleeve and they were going to announce a PS Vita 2. That I could go ahead and stream my PS5 games on the go. Uh, albeit at maybe lower fidelity or what have you. But I think that would be fantastic. I, I don't know one PlayStation fan that had the Vita. Um, that did not truly appreciate everything that the Vita was. Especially uh, cross by. Um, with some PS3 and Vita games, uh, and dare I say some PS4 and Vita games, but um, it was a really great piece of hardware, and I really wish that they they gone ahead and supported that more. Now, who knows? Maybe this is something that they'll allow on a Steam Deck. To be seen. 
Um, what, what are we thinking about this one? Not the big PlayStation guy yourself, Matt. And, and again, everything they seem to be doing points you in the direction of getting uh, PlayStation games on PC. <laughs> but uh, is this something that you have any interest in whatsoever, aside from being able to talk to me via Discord while I'm on PlayStation? Come in. No, uh, <laughs> no, no I, I mean, I, yeah, no, no, no. I, I think it's good that they're, they're, you know, finally implementing it. I mean, honestly, the Xbox just barely got it on there in a relative, you know, term anyway. So it's not like they're super late to the party in that sense. Uh, don't know about the, you know, streaming service coming to Steam Deck or whatever, but that, that would be interesting. I don't know that I see it, but uh, I guess that would be a, much easier, cheaper way for them to try and broach into some kind of a mobile handheld device or whatever and get more subscribers in at a you know lower risk or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. That would be interesting. I don't really see that happening, but that would be that would be interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I still need to. I, I I've got the wait and see on it. I, I I'm sure the PS5 is a fine device, but uh, plus the VR two that I. Kind of want to see how that goes for a little bit, and then if that's working out well, and people are adopting it, and they're going to continue to you know support it and whatever it's looking like that's strong, then maybe, maybe. Uh, but I don't want to rush into that because I'll be one of the only six people that bought it or whatever. They'll be like, "Well, sorry, you know," and I'll be stuck with something that presumably won't be worth anything. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, just to double back on it real quick, right? So I wasn't necessarily advocating saying that's what they're going to do. I just think that would be the smartest thing yeah. they can do. if they. If, I think if, that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, like I wasn't saying if, that that was, I guess, what they were going to do. Yeah, if you can already, uh, and there's, you know, folks out there, I, I, I was really this close to going ahead and jumping on uh, the Steam Deck train, and then a couple, couple things happened, especially you know valve themselves going ahead and say oh you know we're looking into stuff for steam deck 2 oh that screen um so in which case like i might as well just hold off and, and get ready for version 2 right especially if it can have better screen and better battery life um but I would say those would be, yeah the big yeah. things yeah but there's already you know folks out there that are able to stream over their wi-fi connection uh game pass games to their uh, Steam Deck, so I don't know Correct, yeah. why PlayStation wouldn't do this, especially when they keep professing. Jim Ryan, you know, on the PlayStation side, go ahead and professes that uh, they don't view Game Pass as competition. It's like you probably should. the The numbers indicate you probably should, but in which case, especially after they've gone ahead and did their their PS Plus revamp, I think it'd be fantastic if they said, "Hey, just pay us this monthly subscription price." And you can now stream these games. Now, I think they should definitely, first and foremost, um, allow folks to um, take full, full advantage of their PS5. And I guess that's that's the one that like kind of throws me off because it's like, okay, stream PS5 games. Um, so it, the article talks about the games being streamed exclusively to PlayStation Plus Premium. Um, which is the tier I'm in right now, which I think would be fantastic. The question then comes to wh what are we talking about? Are we talking as simply as not going ahead and having to download the games 
onto the hard drive or are we talking about, you know, the everything that we talked about where they should be allowing their first party titles to now be available? Like, there's more to be seen from this on, on what's going to come of it. But we went a step further to say, okay, cool, that's great if you can go ahead and stream to uh, your PS5 console. However, comma, um, internet infrastructure, we know even though we're very fortunate here in the U.S. that it's a good quality, it's not the best quality in the world, um, and it's not consistent across the entire United States and most definitely across the entire world for everybody that has a PS5. Uh, so cloud streaming to your PS5 seems kind of a, a moot point versus I would much rather go ahead and have a device that I could output from my PS5 via the cloud to said device, be it a Steam Deck or whatever. Anyways... Uh, I can get off that tangent, but I, I just, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time going, yeah, that's the best thing that they could do right now with PlayStation Plus Premium is allow you to stream PS5 games, especially if it's games that you already have access to or own. It's like, what do you got? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, if it's stuff that you already have access to or own or whatever, then, I mean, no, no. Hey. There's still benefit, right? So, like, the, the main thing, I think, with the streaming benefit or whatever, because it's certainly not going to be a performance, right? Like, it's going to perform best actually running natively on the console. Uh, however, if it's especially in the context of the, you know, the subscription service to access games you might not otherwise already have access to, uh, well, you know, Storage space is at a premium, especially on the consoles. And if you can stream something, you know, that is a more basic, simpler game that doesn't necessarily require all that anyway, you know. So, for example, uh, Vampire Survivors on Game Pass, like, it it requires installation on your internal hard drive since it's a series, you know, console game. Um, if you don't really care, you know, you can stream that. And I mean... It may not be the best performance, but that game is not demanding, you know what I mean? So if you have relatively decent internet, it doesn't have to be anything insane. I think you'd probably have a, a you know fine experience on that, and you don't have to, you know, squander any hard drive space, even though it's small, you know, it all it all adds up. So if you've got all these smaller little arcade titles or something that you're like, that'd be cool to play, but I already have, you know. Call of Duty and whatever other game installed, and my hard drive's basically full already. Uh, you know, you can you can kind of rotate through some of those those titles or whatever, and in the way that one would presume you're trying to be sold on it as on you know as an experience. Excuse me for your streaming service, where you know, a la your Netflix and whatever else. Like you know, hey, you know, you're watching this one show. Hey, you got kind of tired of it, no problem. You know, you just switch instantly over to uh, some movie now or whatever else. You know. Uh, instant gratification is the the thing of the day or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it's a bad service to offer. Excuse me, add on to the service, I guess, that they've got on offer. Um, as far as, yeah, the first party, you know, titles when they release whatever they haven't got there yet, but we all agree that's got to be coming. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's a bad thing to offer. Uh, yes, hopefully this will continue to push and incentivize, you know, further, uh, I guess, investment in the internet infrastructure globally. Um, but things will certainly go that way anyway, so. Yeah, yeah, most definitely agree with all those points. Meanwhile, your boys over here, uh, PlayStation, just asking for you to increase the external storage from 8 terabyte to bigger. 
That's all I need. Um, I'll keep championing the external hard drives, and if I need to move stuff back and forth, I'll do that. But anyways, uh, speaking of moving, uh, we got some units moving. And so, uh, according to Eurogamer, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is now officially the U.S.'s biggest selling game of 2022. So, I found, uh, first off, I found it interesting that Eurogamer was the one that reported this. Um, they just basically kind of talked about... Um, you know, some of the metrics, including saying that um, it's not only the fastest selling of the year, uh, but the largest as well, hitting a billion sales in just 10 days. And I think we went ahead and previously talked about it, or I saw a number where I said something to the effect of $800 million um, dollars made in, in the course of like a week or so. So to, to hear that it hit $1 billion, uh, over the course of 10 days, not... Uh, too much of a far fetch in that stretch. You you've played more of this title than I have, Matt. First and foremost, are we surprised that this remake Modern Warfare Two title, which came out in uh, what was it November, right? Early November, was the highest selling of the entire year of twenty twenty two. I think that's a almost like a slap in the face for you know all the other developers out there, but it just demonstrates what a monster the I mean, Call of Duty franchise is. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty consistent anyway for Call of Duty, so no, I'm not very surprised at all. Um, the the more surprising thing, and I think maybe part of the reason why Elden Ring will, you know, kind of get it, get its, uh, I guess, you know, nods at, at award ceremonies is that it, it, until then, you know, and it's still not a bad number two or whatever but it you know it was actually it was actually gonna give call of duty a run for the money or whatever and that's that is actually pretty impressive considering the much different you know uh, size of scope of audience or intended you know target audience for for those games uh yeah i don't know but congrats more money in bobby's pocket um yeah, so I tried looking just for some some numbers here. Um, the first thing that's popping up, uh, Elden Ring uh, sold more than 12 million units worldwide. Uh, a million copies sold exclusively in Japan. So, I mean, if we were to play, uh, play, play the dummy game, right? If we were to go calculator 12 million by, what, $60, $60 was the price point. I don't even want to do that math. But that's several hundred million still. Still not quite a billion, but we're getting we're getting kind of up there. Um, yeah, as for me, this is this is one of those. I started Modern Warfare two, um, and I can already see being a, a, a history, a storied uh, Call of Duty fan, especially when it comes to the Modern Warfare franchise and particularly the story set in there. Um, so far, I'm only on like the third or fourth mission, and again, I keep diving back into PlayStation to work on my. Uh, um, or diving back into Horizon Zero Dawn to work on my backlog there. Um, I can definitely see the draw in the, in the Modern Warfare franchise, and I can understand, especially when you talk about in one year, one year, this single title earning a billion dollars, I can, I can understand why, uh, you know, PlayStation, namely, was going ahead and, and making a hubbub about um, this potentially moving over and or becoming exclusive to uh, Microsoft with the, the Activision Blizzard acquisition. Yeah. Speaking of which, 
We've gotten away from talking about said acquisition for quite some time on the show, <laughs> uh, thankfully. Unfortunately, there's some more stuff coming up. So playing catch-up, uh, you've got uh, Microsoft uh, is attempting to acquire Activision Blizzard King. Um, the CMA, uh, Consumer Markets Authority, over in the UK is going ahead and duking out uh, whether or not it still is taking more feedback and, and duking out whether or not it thinks it's a good idea. Um, the uh, FTC here in the U.S. has gone ahead and initiated a lawsuit to try and stop uh, Microsoft from making said acquisition, saying it's illegal. Uh, you have another uh, class action lawsuit that's something like 20 gamers or less. If, if memory serves, 18 is in my head, but it's not that many people that hired a law firm and they're trying to go ahead and sue uh, Microsoft to stop this acquisition from happening. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I honestly thought it was something of a joke when I heard about it, uh, but it's a real thing. But surprise, surprise, Microsoft petitioned. This is this is kind of off, off the story here. But Microsoft uh, did petition the courts that were hearing uh, said class action lawsuit, and they got a stay on the motion at least until all of this gets resolved with the FTC. So basically, their class action lawsuit um, got put on hold and, quite frankly, might not even happen if Microsoft can, can demonstrate and everything can work itself out with the CMA and the FTC. There might not even be reason for a class action lawsuit because how are you, one law firm in one nation, going to go ahead and prove that this is illegal when you've got dozens and dozens of policymakers and lawyers around the world that are going ahead and saying, no, this isn't, um, this isn't corporate, um, uh, what's the word? Basically, it's not abuse of power uh, by Microsoft or it's not going to upset the delicate balance that is uh, the gaming market. That being said, the European Games Developer Federation, the EGDF, uh, has gone ahead and basically taken a side in this fight and so what is the EGDF? Uh, they're basically a conglomerate of uh, multiple developers, not necessarily in the sense of like a, a nonprofit or something, but basically uh, not a union either, just kind of a, a, a membership organization, if you will. Uh, but they've gone ahead and taken a side saying that uh, they actually support this move. They're, quote, the EGDF supports Microsoft's Activision Blizzard acquisition as, it, as its potential positive impacts on the competition in game markets in general outweigh the limited console and subscription market specific competition concerns. Furthermore, in the console game markets, Sony is a clear market leader with its PlayStation platform and Microsoft is still in a challenger position, end quote. Uh, I mean, they kind of laid it out right there, basically, right? So you have all these developers, the people who stand to make money from uh, these games getting out there onto multiple different platforms saying this big scary concern of Microsoft going ahead and acquiring uh, Activision Blizzard King and making everything exclusive to the Xbox platform, be it uh, the console sales itself, uh, you know, a la carte or Game Pass. They're saying it's not as big a deal as people are making it out to be and they're supporting Microsoft. Uh, your thoughts on this one, Mr. Mow Them Down? I mean... We all know my thoughts on this. Um, I don't. I don't. Uh, I, I don't think it will be what is best for the industry. I'm sure it'd be uh, 
potentially best for you know Microsoft or whatever, but uh, industry at large, I'm not so sure. Uh, consumers in the long run, I'm not so sure. Um, yeah. Uh, that being said, as we've also discussed, I wouldn't be at all shocked if it does go through. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, to, I guess, counterpoint the, oh, no, you know, this this should be good. The government doesn't know what it's talking about to complain or whatever. You know, hand in hand with this, uh, Microsoft lays off, you know, 10,000 employees as things are taking a slump here, whatever, including, you know, Xbox, Bethesda, whatever. Um, I guess they got to try and make some uh make up some cash to to purchase uh, activision if this goes through and if not then there's deeper issues but who knows but, but regardless concerning and that would be you know part of the concern as things merge together you see it time and time again well you know we're not gonna maintain the whole uh workforce that we just brought in here or whatever we're gonna you know pare things down kind of retain the core of what we're looking to get from this and you know Re of this, uh, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. All right. It's, so yeah. I was looking specifically at what you thought from the Euro European nope. games developer because I'm gonna go ahead and you didn't want you didn't I didn't want to do this. See them I didn't really want to do this. A lot of, oh. I didn't want to do this on the show, but I'm gonna do it on the show. Nope. I'm gonna give you the beatdown because I'm tired of everybody, <laughs> especially on social media, going ahead and talking about oh Microsoft laid off ten thousand employees. It is economics. Because they hired well, yeah, on more people, ah, they hired on more people to keep up with the increased demand for stay at home, work at home, all that stuff. And right, they went in. Right. Guess what? There was not as much of a need now that, especially politicians, right. are going ahead and saying, "Get back out there. We need to get back into the workforce. We need to get back in person." They didn't have as much of a need. So if you don't have as much of a need, are you going to go ahead and suffer in revenue and whatnot to keep on employees? That you literally don't need, I mean, who arguably I don't mean, have as big of a job. I, I'm not I, done yet. I'm not done uh, yet. So, especially when you look at spend 69 especially, billion especially, to grab a whole, especially uh, when sorry, once again this is par for the course because Google just two days ago announced that they're laying mm -hmm. off 12,000 jobs. Salesforce right, earlier this year <laughs> went ahead and said it's laying off. 10% of its workforce. This is mm -hmm. not something new. This is not something no, that not. is quid pro quo for Activision Blizzard. It is mm -hmm. the big move that Microsoft is buying this, not only for the IP, but for the studios and developers to go ahead and branch out to be more competitive in a market where, again, as the EGDF is concurring, it's not as competitive right now when you look at the competition of let's say PlayStation and the, the lesser named Nintendo. So, you know, everybody wants to woe is me with these people. And again, uh, I will send you specifically the tweet that I put out there and everybody can check it out, known as ICE on, on Twitter. Um, according to the metrics and the stuff that's been put out there, mainly the U.S. employees, and they highlight the U.S. employees because they can't really say what the legalities are with other countries, those employees that were let go were very well taken care of. They had health care taken care of. They had an above market severance. So again, it's not like a woe is me that these folks are completely like there's no more food on the table. Yes, it is unfortunate that they're losing jobs. However, they're taken care of well enough that they can steamroll right into another job and have zero concern. So uh, call, call me the meanie on the show, but I'm not as concerned about that. And I'm tired of people making that 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 correlation that, well, you got to have 69 billion. That was well ahead of any of this employment stuff coming down. And if you look at it from financials, a lot of folks are saying we're about to get into the toughest part of the recession coming up 
where companies are going to lose lots and lots and lots of money. So how are they going to do that? Well, if I have less of a demand for this product going out and I got Mr. Mow them down over here that's doing 25% of the work that he was hired on to do, why am I going to keep paying him 100% when he's only required to do 25%? Now, sir, go ahead and, and retort on me. Uh, I, I would just say that you you read a lot into that that I didn't say or whatever. Now you know, that may be resulting from other conversations. I guess that you've had that uh, I was asking you brought it over thing, to the show. Resulted in the Twitter <laughs> thing, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I I don't disagree with you that it is economics, but that's part of the reason why I have some of my uh, reservations with that whole thing. Anyway, but uh, but yeah, um, I I would also say that it is also the commonplace thing for a merger to happen and then for people to uh, be excised as you start to, you know, tear things down again, like I was saying. So uh, it's it's less of a, uh, how can they afford this thing? I, of course they can afford it. It's just, again, the thing of, is this actually what's best for everyone kind of a thing? Uh, it's certainly uh, going to be a positive for Microsoft as a whole, but for for those who remain, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then and then beyond that, I would be hard pressed to see where it's really going to start being a. You know, it's it's all the long term, long run, and uh, consequence stuff that concerns me with all of this. But we'll see how uh, it plays and, out. And and you know, to that, literally, all I can say is we can only be concerned with the here and now. Right, because yeah. you go back to 2018, 2019, did anybody have any clue that COVID was gonna happen and all the changes as a result? No, all we can do is focus on the here and the now and the here and the now is that Microsoft is a competitor, barely, when you look at PlayStation's lead, uh, they're trying to be more competitive and, and yes, am I disagreeing that there's likely gonna be some, some, for lack of a more gentle term, fat trimmed off? No, I'm 100% in agreement with that. Quite frankly, I'm surprised that of the job sectors within Microsoft that were cut, I was honestly surprised I didn't hear more about Bethesda getting cut because when they went they and acquired, cuts, yeah. they got some. But yeah, I mean, when you talk mm -hmm. about like Bethesda had their own PR, they had their own marketing, they had their own this, that, like you've got duplicate jobs. So here we go again. Like, why are they going to pay 100% when they're getting 25% of the work just by the lack of demand. So uh, do I feel sympathetic and, and um, empathy for the people who now have to go through the, again, lack of another word, the struggle to go ahead and try to find another job in the industry? Yes, 100%. I, I know that pain. It is not a good one. However, comma, uh, as we've seen, and uh, kind of to retort your rebuttal, um, you know, this whole thing of is it, is it good for the industry long term or whatnot? We just saw some executives have gone ahead and split from Microsoft, you know, playground proper and are starting their, up their own studio. They're bound to be hiring some more people. Uh, I saw, um, oh crap, who is it? Cre uh, Crystal Dynamics. Crystal Dynamics literally did an open reach out to all those folks that uh, are no longer employed saying, hey, you know, we'd love to have some of your talent on board our team. So I don't think it's as bad as 
people would love to sensationalize and make it out to be that these folks are going to all of a sudden start adding to the homeless homeless population here in the United States. I yeah, think. and I that that is, I guess, not my insinuation in that sense, but uh, well, yeah, that's it. More and like, not so much you, but I've seen a lot of it on, <clears> on the, <throat> the socials, and people are just like freaking out and i think it just comes to a corporate entity letting people go oh woe is me oh woe is them and the actuality of that's i just that's yeah i look for the economics of it goes. for me as a as the consumer i guess you know that obviously cost management is a thing and you have to factor everything into your price point for your products and everything so, so yeah, you're all... so you're agreeing then that it's a good move no i'm waiting for the Oh. service price increases but... which 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 <laughs> nothing has been said yet right we'll see we'll see what happens yeah <laughs> oh yeah we'll see what happens and uh, along with that the other stuff that we'll see is our uh release radar uh so coming up uh some future announced titles here we've got uh forespoken the much anticipated ps5 and pc exclusive coming out january 24th risen uh, coming out on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch January 24th. World War Z. I feel like we've seen that. Oh, that's right, because it's the new gen updates for PS5 and Xbox Series consoles on January 24th as well. Uh, Devolver Tumble Time for iOS and Android, all of our mobile players out there, January 26th. Hitman World of Assassination. So for those not tracking, basically uh, what... Uh, uh, IO Interactive is doing is they're going ahead and taking Hitman 1, 2, and 3 and they're basically kind of rolling them in now to a new uh, continuous kind of free-flowing title going forward. Um, but that's uh, going to future be known as Hitman World of Assassinations coming out on PS5, 4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. So all the things uh, on January 26th. And then... Dead Space Remake uh, coming out on PS5, Xbox Series, and PC January 27th. Mr. Mow Them Down, what are we looking forward to on that list? Disgusted. Uh, I, man, I'm trying to stay positive about the Dead Space Remake. I really want that to be cool. Uh, I'd love to pre-order it to get the discount on it or whatever, but at the same time, I'm like, ah, I need to hold off because <laughs> for all I know, it's going to come out and just be horrendous in terms of its performance and everything. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see how that one goes. But well, uh, I'm a little surprised why you'd even be... And, and, and not that we don't advocate to support developers, mm -hmm. right? But I'd be curious why you're even talking about buying it because it's only going to be a matter of time before it gets put onto... Uh, EA Play, which is included with your uh, Game Pass, and I believe we also have EA Play on the PlayStation Plus side of the house. So, uh, how long it'll be until that happens? Who knows? Three months, six months? I'm not sure, but it'll undoubtedly be added onto those services. So, again, if you want to support yeah, EA and, and and the developers for that, fantastic. But yeah, that you'll definitely get to play that without necessarily extra investment, if you will. Um, yep, industry taken. Yeah. You can see how it happens. He just explained it to everybody. I literally uh, just said, but, if you want yes, to support uh, the developers, nothing. <laughs> uh, as for myself, um, I played the demo of Forspoken on PS5. I don't want to already say it's not for me, but there, there's a couple things that 
I think the fact that they had to release an update for the demo was very entertaining. So, from what <laughs> I from what I understand, right, is um, when I started playing the demo at first, it almost got to the point where, um, and I guess this will kind of roll right into what we've been playing. Um, I'm looking forward to Hitman: World of Assassination. We got to figure out if we actually own. I mean, I know I own most of the Hitman's titles. So we still got to figure out about Hitman Three. But anyways, um, I too am I looking forward to. Believe- <laughs> Yeah, I, I too am looking forward to Dead Space. But um, insofar as the Forspoken thing, from what I understand, the demo uh, was limitless in the sense that uh, I've heard of people who are playing the demo for like dozens and dozens of hours and level up and basically getting like almost the full experience of the game. Um, so it wasn't like a vertical slice demo or something. Um, so I would not be surprised if, in fact, an update to the demo is most likely cutting that off at the knees because now that they've gone ahead and got you enticed where you know you're 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 frothing at the mouth you really want this this square enix action um you can go ahead and jump in and buy the full title when it comes out here on the 24th um but yeah as for that's what, uh, they, that's what they really need to do playstation uh just playstation don't do this xbox uh but if you if you start putting your games out you know, like for free or whatever, or get, give them access through the streaming service or subscription service, but you disable achievements until they buy the game. Yeah, it was kind of oh, yeah, no, no, no trophies. <laughs> but I mean, the demo, you're not getting, uh, I'm pretty sure you don't get demos because, yeah, the title doesn't show up when I go looking at the trophies. Yeah. It doesn't show up. So you're not earning trophies for the demo. Now, if they, yeah, I don't know. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I just pay for like the, yeah. the subscription um, service. If they would rather make the sale in the game, you lock the trophies behind paywall. <laughs> I mean, I, I hate sounding disparaging for for my blue crew, but they, they've already locked a couple things behind a paywall. And I, I would argue that if they're going to go ahead and start adding, you know, PS5 console streaming or whatever with this update. Hey, here's an idea. How about you have your first party titles come day and date with your most expensive subscription service? There's an idea. Rather than go ahead and play this game of me having to wait a year or pay you uh, a full price up front. Am I saying that these games are not worth, again, supporting the developers and whatnot? No, 100%. However, comma, is all of that money going to the developers? I think anybody who anybody who who's a, a a core gamer that listens to this show especially knows like no that's not the case a lot of it's going to the publisher and uh, not to say PlayStation doesn't need any more money but again we we just identified but even even less is going to them out of that subscription so it's even less of what to who uh, the slice of the pie for the developer from the subscription oh unit yeah. whatever is obviously much lesser than their cut of the sale of the game. So. Yeah, but I would say there's different interest there, right? If if it's a single title being sold at $70 price, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West or something, right? Um, I could see X chunk going to the developer versus another chunk going to the publisher. However, it's, it's the different ideologies if we're going ahead and we're doing it day and date the point is not to go ahead and make money back in the near term but rather to get people subscribed so you get that money back in the long-term gains anywho um, well yeah i mean the the publisher would you know have the math to maybe make that work in their favor or whatever the developer maybe less so 
yeah, but if, the, money anyway. if the developer's first party, it doesn't really matter then. It's all staying in-house as is. Um, moving right along anyways, wrapping this thing up. Uh, what we've been doing, what we've been playing. Uh, I myself have uh, gone ahead and, uh, yep, working on the Backlog Beatdown Challenge. Been playing a lot more Horizon Zero Dawn, as I should have rightfully finished forever ago. Um, I'm starting to see more of the story unfold, and uh, it's awesome. The frustrating part if there is is when there's you know a group of these uh you know automated robots or whatever that stand between me and getting to uh x checkpoint and so in order to do that i have to negotiate like destroying them or what have you and i just hit level 28 i want to say so out of a game where you can hit 50 through the main line and 60 new level cap with the dlc stuff I'm still quite a ways off uh, by way of that, but I'm also now very much like streamlining, trying to get through the story, and I figure I'll really embrace uh, when I do New Game Plus and, and go squirrel and like check out everything under every rock, nook, and cranny. Um, other than that, uh, went ahead since we last recorded. Uh, my wife was on my kibbles and bits, and we finished uh, Overcooked uh, on Xbox, so played through that, finished the game and all the achievements, so that was... Um, Definitely a relationship challenge, I'll say, but uh, <laughs> a, a well worth one. Uh, you know, I'm happy to say I've got another maxed out game on my backlog. Uh, bup, 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 what else? What else? What else? Yeah, that's really about it. Uh, it's been working on show stuff, working on work stuff, and otherwise uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, which I am probably going to get back to some more of today. Oh, uh, and aside from... What, what we've been doing, and I'll throw this right back your way as a, as a lead-in, if you would, Matt. Uh, I also went ahead and, and took the opportunity, thank you very much, uh, to check out The Last of Us uh, on HBO, the first episode. And I understand the second episode comes out today, so... Tonight, uh, yeah. Yeah, going to have to go check that out as well. Hopefully, uh, I wish we could have had our, our thoughts, opinions on episode two, but at least we can give some, potentially some opinions on episode one. So if you want to lead off with that, sir... Uh, sure. I mean, hey, we can always, you know, come back and do a little uh, review. We try and do that this year. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, I I was very impressed with episode one. Uh, I'm hoping that it's going to be a nice, consistent, solid experience the whole way through in terms of uh, its quality of uh, product. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's... It's kind of a weird thing, you know, I haven't played either of the games, but I know enough about them that I know, or I assume I know where this is going. I can't imagine they're going to change the you know, ultimate direction of, of the story. Um, but, I, but I am curious to, you know, see what the general, I guess, response is when people get there. Like, I, I'll be curious to see how the show does, I guess, overall for, you know, viewership and whatever obviously hbo is struggling right now and i'm hoping that it's more people than just those that you know have played or are otherwise familiar with the video games um i think it's a you know larger audience that would that would be good um yeah i'd be curious to see what the response would be like from you know the public that is not familiar with it when they get to the end and uh the discussions that, that'll be generated there because it I don't know how too in the weeds we want to get with this to avoid spoiling stuff and even spoiling stuff for you potentially or whatever. But uh, 
people got real real attached to to characters in that game or whatever and i think they got a little blindsided as far as you know what the what you're actually supposed to be taking away from the story maybe um especially then leading into the second game and the response to that and everything so i don't know yeah i'd be curious to see uh what the response to the show is as we get through it but i think i think it should be a fun ride for sure i'm trying to get amanda to check it out with me uh yeah uh, what what were your thoughts on uh episode one yeah keeping it quick so um i have gone ahead and i started oh man this this is gonna sound terrible so i started playing last of us originally on ps3 um, and then my gaming ADD got me distracted. I didn't get to finish the game. I went ahead and started playing Last of Us um, Remastered on PS4. Or shoot, they did the remaster on yeah. PS3 too. Yeah, I started, yeah. I started playing it again on, on PS4. Yeah, I want to say yeah. Um, I thought they did it on PS4. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, but I started playing the remastered, and so now I've definitely played through at least a good a good first part of the game twice, and... Uh, I will say, if you've played the games uh, and have yet to see the show, they are sticking very much to the um, as as what you would expect for for gameplay. There's a couple little things that are that are nuanced or different. Red light, green light. Um, <laughs> Matt knows what I'm talking about there. But um, there's a, there's a couple differences between the game and the show. The the big thing for me overall is that this is probably the best dare I say, direct adaptation of game to show or movie um, that we've seen ever. And um, it definitely sets, and I, I can't claim this as you know original because I think I heard it on uh, Podcast Beyond on IGN, but I will concur with them that it sets a new bar for game adaptations. Um, uh, Cyberpunk Edgerunners, you know, I really like that, albeit it wasn't directly like you know, in line with the game story, so to speak, there was a lot of tie-ins that they did with that world. Um, but this one is almost neck and neck uh, insofar as adaptation. And I think it's fantastic so far. Uh, if anything, and I said this in our offline chat, it gets me frustrated um, thinking back that I do want to go back at some point and finish watching the Halo TV series because I just got very disinterested and dropped off at some point being a fan of yeah. being a fan of the books, being a fan of the games, being a fan of other adaptations that they've done in that universe before. The Halo TV series just was such a turnoff for me, quite honestly. But uh, Last of Us, I'm looking forward to it. The wife watched it with me. Um, it was very triggering in a lot of ways. Um, so be forewarned if you've never played Last of Us and you're about to watch it. Um, but yeah, nevertheless, we're both actually kind of looking forward to seeing uh, where this goes and how to the canon they, they remain with episode two. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought the performances were great. It was awesome. So yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Um, otherwise, yeah, in terms of what I've been playing and stuff, what I've been up to, um, not a whole lot of playing, but you know, some, some vampire survivors. That's good for time wasting a little bit of call of duty with the fellas um they have been putting some time into half-life 2 um uh, i'm ashamed to say that i never really got more than you know like 15 minutes into that game anytime i'd ever try and play it for various whatever reasons and now i'm wondering what the hell it took me so long because i mean even even as aged of a game as that is i'm 
I'm enjoying it quite a bit. <laughs> uh, so yeah, looking forward to getting through that. Glad I finally have some I guess, inspiration, motivation, whatever to go ahead and push through. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good. I look forward to giving my my summation, uh, you know, thoughts and summation whatever, uh, when I finish it, when we report back. <laughs> All right, and th thank you to the Backlog Beatdown Challenge for uh, giving you the motivation to, to go ahead and Indeed. work on that one. Uh, we'll hear more, in, uh, hopefully in the next episode, from uh, Mr. Snipe90 uh, on his uh, current status. I mean, I, I, it's wild to think, like, holy cow. We, we're Yeah, exactly. It's wild to think that we're, like, uh, I feel like we're already, like, two weeks into the challenge. Close we are, to yeah. It. Close to it. Hey. Close to it. So, you know, the end of this week will be... Uh, two weeks uh, or this upcoming week will be two weeks and so yeah uh it's it's gonna be kind of yeah, rough yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to be grinding i'm gonna have to be grinding on that bad boy um but yeah so um yours truly known as ice on all things gaming social media thank you guys for listening to this episode of uh, g3 podcast uh where we try to bring you the news that you can use if you so choose and maybe a little bit of game reviews uh that being said once again check out all of our partners down here uh, check out uh, our link tree in the show notes. Go ahead and like, subscribe, share with a friend. Uh, please do all that. We're, we appreciate we're trying it. To, yeah, we're, we appreciate it. We're trying to go ahead and get, get to you guys in more form and function, be it audio as well as for your eyeballs. Um, and hopefully here in the future, Sorry. we'll get some, some yeah. more gameplay uh, be it video capture from us or, or what have you to have on the show. That being said, uh, to round it out, y'all know how we do. Gaming's Greatest Generation is the one you guys are a part of.